know, friends, because of the advances in our modern technology, we as a church can extend our influence all over the world right from where we sit. I want you to consider some things. Here at Bethel, we have, thanks to Brother Howe mostly, uh, we have an easy-to-navigate website that has all of our relevant ministries as well as 600-plus biblical messages that anybody in the world can listen to. We also have a Facebook page that has 664 followers. We have the weekly Facebook live stream uh, that goes on every single week. And we have a YouTube channel with 133 subscribers. Uh, and th that YouTube channel has had over 25,000 views of various videos and services. Uh, not to mention other ministries, technology-minded, like our Apple podcast and, and many others as well. And so, Brother Howe, I want to say thank you. Uh, for all that, because it does make us think that sitting right here in our sanctuary, that we can reach all over the world, and we do in a manner of speaking. But that's not the same as being ever-present. It's not the same as being omnipresent like God is. God is the only one who can be in all places with all people all at the same time. Is that mind-blowing or what? The concept of a God who is here and there and everywhere all at the same time is difficult to grasp. To think that God at the same time is present in his whole being in every part of the universe and yet present with us as individuals in different ways and different places, man, it's almost too much to handle. Our problem is this. As human beings, we only exist in a specific time and in a specific place. I think that when I'm on a video Zoom call, that I am present with everybody that's in the meeting. But no, I'm just really tuning in. I'm not really with them. I read this story after World War II. A sign was over a train station in Germany that this man read, and it said, Beyond the stars, there must live a gracious father. Well, the man read that sign, and he thought to himself, I don't want a God who's beyond the stars. I need a God who is here. I need a God who is present. I need a God who is available. I need a God who knows and understands what I'm going through. And I think that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants that, and can I tell you that that is exactly what we have in Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, who came to dwell among us. We have God right where we are. In Psalm 139, 
That's on page 554 in the Bibles in front of you. If you want to tune in with me, Psalm 139, we find the clearest view and the clearest discussion, in my opinion, of God's omnipresence or his ability to be here, there, and everywhere at the same time. In Psalm 139, beginning in verse 7, King David writes this. He begins by speaking a rhetorical question, a question where he doesn't really need an answer. And he says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, behold, you are there. If I take wings in the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. While God is everywhere in his creation, God is not the creation itself. No, God is separate and distinct from that which he has created. And God is everywhere at, at one time, but you would have to agree with me that his presence seems to be revealed to us in different ways, in different places, and at different times. For example, have you ever left a worship service or a revival service or, or any kind of service for that matter and thought, wow, I really sense the presence of the Lord in that place. Y'all ever had one of those? If you haven't, then it might be your fault, amen, because God was there. We certainly can understand that we sense God's presence in worship services. But, you know, sometimes we sense God's closeness when we go through those difficult days. Sometimes we sense God's closeness when we're going through suffering. Maybe when we're really, really sick. That's the time when we're really feeling how close God is. See, throughout our Christian lives, we need a God who is willing to manifest his presence to us in ways that speak to the situation that we're in day to day. And so today, as we discuss God's omnipresence, the fact that he is here, there, and everywhere all at the same time, I want to share with you three times in your life when you can be assured that God is there. Beginning with this. When you need conviction, God is there. I want you to imagine for a moment that you have a friend who in a moment of weakness uh, is being sorely, sorely tempted to do something that he knows is wrong. Now, I'm not talking about a little bit wrong. I'm not talking about maybe wrong. I'm not talking about on the fringe wrong or maybe wrong. No, I'm talking about dead to rights, absolutely, without a doubt, wrong. Now, I want you to imagine you telling your friend, okay, buddy, you go ahead and do this thing, but I want you to know that God is going to be here in just a few minutes. What do you think your friend would do? If he believed you, 
would he plow ahead and go ahead and commit that sin? Or might he say, well, I'm just going to hold off. Because if God's going to show up in this place, maybe I need to wait till tomorrow before I sin. You see, even unchurched people, people that don't yet have a relationship with God, many of them have a hard time committing an obvious sin right in the presence of God. But yet, people do it every day. Even believers like you and I commit obvious sin right here in the presence of God. I think that when we continually consider God's omnipresence, when we live our lives day in and day out, moment in and moment out, considering the fact that God is here, that he is with us, all of us, at the same time, when we live that way, that's probably one of the greatest ways to fight temptation in our lives. Why is that? Could it be that if we're reminded that God is here right beside me, then I'm going, to be less, I'm going to be less likely to sin. Because God is always here just as if he were standing right next to me, am I going to be a lot less likely to sin right smack in his face? I think probably so. I mean, would you deliberately sin right in front of your mama? My mama used to throw shoes. If I were to do that in front of my mama, I'd get a shoe. Just think about this. I wouldn't do it in front of my mama, yet I'd do it right in front of God. Because God's right here, just as if he were standing right beside me. Friend, listen to me carefully. If you want God to be with you to comfort you in your struggles then you cannot deny the fact that God is there to convict you of your sin. Because he's there to do both. I mean, it's kind of funny to me to read in Genesis of Adam and Eve hiding from God after they sinned. I mean, they were hiding from God in his own garden, right? Didn't they know that God knew exactly where they were? Well, maybe they didn't know that. But what they learned was this. And we need to learn this today. They ain't no hiding from God. We don't hide anything from God. Because he's right here with us. Last year, you may remember in our God of Second Chances series, God told the prophet Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach to those dreaded sinners that live there. Now, Jonah, instead of doing what God said, he hops a ship, and he goes right in the opposite direction. Can I tell you, that's a bad idea. Amen? It's almost like Jonah didn't think that God could follow him across the ocean. 
it's almost like Jonah didn't think that they, or he thought that they, he might be able to outrun God in some way. But God was with Jonah the whole time. God was with Jonah when those sailors threw him overboard. God was with Jonah when he got swallowed by that gigantic fish. And it was right there. In the belly of that huge fish that Jonah discovered that it is impossible to outrun God. Why? Because he's here. He's there. He's everywhere all at the same time. You see, that's what also happens to us. When we try to run away so that we can sin, when we go to that secret place where no enemy can find us, when we try to hide from people's judgmental eyes so that we can sin the way we want to, it's then, right there in that temptation hot spot, that we have to remember that God's already there. There's no hiding from God. So when you need conviction, when you need conviction to face temptation, you remember that God is already there. But when you need courage, when you need courage, God is also there. In our life group, I recently shared from Isaiah chapter 43, and it's a great reminder of God's presence when you and I go through difficulty in our life. Listen to what the prophet said. In Isaiah 43 verse 1, he wrote, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. And listen to this. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be, here we go, with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flames scorch you. For I and the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored. And listen to this, y'all. And I have loved you. You see, the one who's with us loves us. While God is ever-present, he often reveals himself at different times, especially when you and I are going through deep waters. Especially when you and I are going through hot fires. God manifests his presence to us in a different way. People have said, you know, that was one of the most difficult experiences in my life. But God was more real than any other time of my days. It's not that God was more present. It's not that God was more present in times of trouble. But that peace, that calm, that reassurance that we're given by God, it sure makes it seem like he's there. 
even more when we're going through the difficulties of life. And you know what? Even when you're facing the end of life, and one day we all will, even when we face the end of life, God reveals his presence in supernatural ways. David said it this way. Even when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For I am with you. I'm already there. I am with you. So friend, when we need conviction to face temptation in our life, when we need courage to face life and all that it holds, or even death at the end of our days, I can be assured that God is there. But finally, when you need confidence, God is there. In my life, I find it very easy in my personal life to become discouraged. And it all stems from a lack of confidence for some reason. But I need to be reminded that God is there. I believe that at some point in every Christian's life, they will be called by God to do something that they feel unqualified to do. Sometimes God's leading is crystal clear. And what is our natural reaction? Lord, please choose somebody else. Lord, please choose somebody else to go out and do this sign. That's what y'all think of him. Maybe if we all say no, Brother Bill will do it. We've all been there. Maybe that's how, how Moses felt. I mentioned this last week, I think it was, that when God called Moses to be the deliverer of those Hebrew slaves from the clutches of Egypt, he must have felt real, real discouraged and had a real lack of confidence. But I think that poor Moses, he kind of had a little bit of justification in that. I mean, the boy was 80 years old, right? I mean, really all he was was just kind of a shepherd. And God told this 80-year-old shepherd to go and confront the most powerful ruler that the world had ever known up until that time and tell him, let my people go. Yeah, I'd have been discouraged too. You see, I'm a shepherd of sorts. I'm not quite 80 years old yet. Somebody say amen. But I tell you, I would be very intimidated if God told me to do that. I mean, Moses could have lost his life. Pharaoh could have just told him, off with your head. He'd be a goner. So how was Moses going to gather his composure and gather the confidence to do what God called him to do? Well, we find where in Exodus chapter 3, verse 12, God answers every objection that Moses had by telling him this. Moses, I know you're 80. Moses, I know you ain't nothing but a shepherd, and I know that what I've told you to do is tough. But listen, this is the quote. God said, 
I will certainly be with you. I will certainly be with you. Wow. I would appreciate that and all. But would that be enough to get me to act? Would that be enough to get me out of my comfort zone and start changing that sign? Well, it should be. Amen. Because, friend, if God promises to be with us, that's all we need to know. I mean, if Moses hadn't already received countless, countless promises from God, you'd understand why he might say, God, I ain't doing it. But there's a huge difference in being called to face something that's impossible all by yourself and be called to do something impossible knowing that God is on your side. That nothing is impossible with God. Somebody say amen. Nothing is impossible with God. And we know ultimately that Moses was successful. And the greatest ruler in the world at that time obeyed the God that this shepherd served. And near the end of Moses' life. When it was time for him to turn over leadership of the nation to Joshua, Moses gave Joshua this encouragement. He said, son, the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. Moses learned this life-changing lesson. Here it comes. If you're ready, say amen. Here it comes. If God is with you, you can do anything he asks of you. If God is with you, you can do anything that he asks of you. And then there was Gideon. A man called by God to deliver the Israelites. And what does God find Gideon doing? Hiding. From the enemy. Some leader you are, right? But instead of scolding Gideon, God tells Gideon how he looks upon him. And God tells Gideon, he says, The Lord is with you, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. You mighty man of valor. Hiding from the enemy? Can't you see Gideon kind of looking around and saying, who, me? Gideon learned that day that the only way he was going to become a mighty man of valor is if God was with him. And don't forget the prophet Jeremiah. God told him to go and speak to the surrounding nations about his word. And when Jeremiah objected, saying, I ain't nothing but a youth, God said, Jeremiah, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. You see, all through the Bible, y'all, you got to read it. It's a pretty good book, amen? All through the book, the greatest thing that God's people had going for them was the presence of God. He was with them. He was here, and he was there, and he was everywhere all at the same time. He was with them. 
they were assured that God was with them, lo and behold, they became all courageous in everything. They became confident that they could do what God asked them to do. See, when we accept difficult tasks for the Lord, you and I should also be reminded, yeah, this is a tough assignment. There's going to be days out here when you're changing that sign, it's hot. All right, brother? It was hot at 8 o'clock yesterday morning, wasn't it? It's hot. I got things I got to do. It's hot. This is a tough assignment. But I know God's promise. Right out there at the base of that sign, he's going to be with me. To encourage me. To convict me. And to give me the confidence that I need. Now, I never said so. Back in 2007, when I left a well-paying job to serve here full-time, can I be transparent enough to tell you that I was scared? I was scared. But although I was scared, I could almost hear God saying to me with an audible voice, Billy, that's what my mama called me. Man, that's probably what God calls me to. Billy, I didn't call you to do this by yourself. I told you I'd be with you. And can I tell you that he was with me, and he has been with me every step of the way ever since. So, friend, if you find yourself lacking confidence in an assignment that God has given you, you're going to have those feelings. Those feelings where you feel like you're just totally inadequate. Those feelings like you are completely unable and the best thing for you to do is not do it. But listen, God normally calls his people to do things that are beyond our ability. He calls us to do things that are beyond our ability. Why? Because then we have to turn to him. Then we have to trust God. Because it's beyond our ability and we can't do it. I mean, if we could do it ourselves, do we need a God? I mean, if I'm able to do it in my own ability, is my faith in God going to grow? Or am I only going to become more self-sufficient? I read this quote by somebody who's a whole lot smarter than me. And it says, attempt something so great for God that it's doomed to fail unless God is in it. Attempt to do something so great for God that it is absolutely doomed to fail unless God is in it. When we need conviction to face temptation, when we need a courage to face life or even death, when we need confidence to face those hard assignments that God gives us, we can be assured that God is there. Because he's here and he's there and he's everywhere all at the same time. And I want you to remember one of the last things that Jesus told his disciples. He said, Lo, I am with you always.
even to the end of the age. I am with you always. I am so happy that you and I serve a God who is in all places with all people all at the same time. Because that means, guess what? He's here right now. He's right beside you. He is with us here right now. And he knows the temptations you're facing. He knows that you are lacking courage. He knows the challenges you're facing. And he knows that you lack confidence to do what he's told you to do. So I want you to remember something as we move into our decision time this morning. Remember that any decision you make today, and let me just tell you, whenever the word of God is preached, we should walk out of this place having made some kind of decision. Somebody say amen. God's word leads us to make decisions, okay? So whatever decision you decide that you need to make today for the glory of God, you can be assured that God is here as you make your decision. Will you surrender your life to Jesus? Can I tell you God is here? Friend, will you surrender to God's call on your whole life in ministry. Not just a sign. What about a ministry of sharing the gospel? Or learning how to teach? Or teaching young people, children, babies? It doesn't matter. We all need it. Would you be willing to surrender self so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Can I tell you God is here? He's here as you make that decision for his glory. So whatever God is calling you to surrender, and it almost always involves some kind of surrender, something we need to give up for his glory, because nothing is honorable in the flesh. Whatever God has called you to surrender today, I just want you to know, Father, of all the incredible attributes and characteristics of who you are, this one excites me the most. Because, Lord, not only have you provided all the knowledge and all the power and all the faith and all the goodness, uh, all those things that we need, Lord, the fact that you're here with us Lord, provides us with the conviction we need to turn our backs on temptation. Lord, your presence with us every minute of every day, no matter where we go or how we get there, Lord, your presence provides us with courage to face the events in our life and even death of loved ones and ultimately our own. Father, your presence, your omnipresence 
is what provides us with the confidence we need to do what you have called us to do. So in that light, Father, I thank you that that you are the ever-present God. And that, Lord, no matter where I go, no matter what kind of vehicle I travel in, no matter where my home is, no matter how far it is, the promise of God is that you are there. So, Father, I pray as your people prepare to make a decision for your glory, Father, they would remember that you are right here with us to help us make the decisions that bring you honor and glorify your great name. Give us the guidance, the courage, and the faith that we need to make the decisions that honor you the most. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Amen.